Hello and welcome back everybody for another little journey into the realm of unknown. So a lot has weirdly happened in the past few days, um, at least this is the point of recording this. Um, I've been back from vacation, I was down in Georgia, and uh, or Savannah I should say more specifically, and I definitely have a few locations that I did not unfortunately get to investigate, however I was able to visit or attend to or just sort of explore and I definitely want to talk about a few of those in later episodes however for today I just want to mention that uh, we are talking about, about a topic that's sort of interesting uh, but it's sort of highly debated at the same time and I sort of want to talk about a few of those subjects in future episodes as well just because I find them interesting the whole like debate process and the whole back and forthness between skeptics and believers is sort of a draw for me when it comes to the paranormal it's i mean it's not the biggest thing but it's definitely something i find interesting so today may be a shorter ish episode i'm not sure we'll just see how it goes with the recording but however i want to mention that the next about two weeks or so it may be a little rough when it comes to recording i'm definitely aiming to still get an episode a week out However, I am currently back home with everyone in the house, and uh, recording times are definitely not the easiest thing to really achieve. Surprisingly enough, the suburbs are somehow crazy noisier than anywhere else, (laughs) like even when I was in Philly next to a train track. I know people have mentioned like you can't really hear it, and I can definitely not all the time hear it when uh, recording myself. However, uh here I can and I'm like uh there's a lot of background noise that I cannot filter out so recording times are iffy however you know it's not a problem for today and I hope that you know you guys just understand that maybe the next two weeks will be a little bit iffy if something pops up I'll definitely inform you guys over on Twitter and uh definitely there I was gonna say Instagram but Instagram's not really great at uh, updates uh, essentially maybe it's just an Instagram story but if you guys need to stay updated, just check me out on Twitter, and uh, I, you know, be interested. Real quick, too, also, uh, if you guys are not aware, there is a recent episode of the similar-themed podcast and similarly-located podcast titled Dead Time Stories, which is hosted by two lovely ladies here in Philadelphia, and they also talk about paranormal subjects, spooky things, you know, creepy events and stuff like that. I recently had a listener story over there, and I would love for you guys to go check them out, show them some support. They're really, really awesome at what they do, and it's a lot of laughs, a lot of fun times, and lots of really interesting topics. So if you are interested in that, they are Dead Time Stories. You can pretty much listen to them anywhere. I listen to them on Apple Podcasts myself. However, I know that they are pretty much on every platform. So check them out there, and uh, without further ado, let's get started into today's topic which is the anguished man. Okay, so, you know, look at this. Uh, I'm an artist, technically designer, talking about a paranormal piece of artwork, allegedly. This was something that sparked my interest a while ago. Uh, the whole idea of haunted objects is a big thing in the paranormal field. And, you know, for the most part, people talk about, like, dolls, they talk about, like, mirrors, stuff like that, or maybe, like, very, very specific things that were, you know, a very very high sentimental value to an individual, in life, that is. And 
you don't see a whole lot. However, there are a few um, haunted art pieces out there, whether or not they're, you know, they're like a sculpture and in this case a painting and, and so on and so forth. I don't know. This was definitely one of the more prominent and was one of the few that, you know, I talked about in the past. I found interest on and, you know, it was just interesting to see that this specifically is not just a paranormal art piece in general. But it also is sort of a culmination of, you know, mid to early internet age craze and uh, how it can sort of propel objects and stories into a wider, I guess, audience than they would normally get. And this is the case with The Anguish Man. So a quick little backstory and stuff, and then we'll go into some of the paranormal reports and sort of what's going on today. So the Anguish Man, if anyone who's not aware, is a uh, oil painting. So oil painting on canvas that is believed to be one of the most haunted objects across the globe. Many people, uh, many people put this up on the list. You know, involving other things such as the haunted dolls of Annabelle and Robert, as well as some weird objects that have some paranormal, uh, you know, paranormal stories to it. Uh, one such being you know, the Divic box, which you know might be a future episode. You don't know. And uh, according to the original story, because there are two, uh, the Anguish Man's original artist is still very much unknown. No one really knows who made it. And based off of the first-hand account from the owner currently, this is what people usually go off of. And um, the legend goes, or the story goes, that the individual who actually painted the Anguish Man also mixed in his own blood with the oils, or the oil paint, in order to create his own work and sort of, in a way, uh, you know, live on through his work later, even after he's gone, because unfortunately, as the story goes, the artist then shortly afterwards took his own life, and then, you know, people think that that just sort of stirred up a whole lot of things. Quick point of contention here, because I was really curious about this while researching, the whole idea of mixing blood into paint and you know part of me was like eh, i don't know about this but then another part of me was like hey you have painted before you've done stuff with ink you've done stuff with you know acrylics oil stuff like that and a few times i have you know cut my hand or i had a cut or something and i wasn't aware and it mixed in with the paint that was currently on the canvas and yeah it, it happens but I've never heard of accounts in which, you know, someone deliberately has done this. So I did some research into it, and um, it has been a thing. People, you know, do art with blood. It's mainly, like, a symbolic thing. Uh, however, when it comes to art or blood within paint, it's not the best when it comes to archival work. And what I mean by that is work that is going to last long it's gonna last more than you know 10 years 20 years think of stuff you know renaissance era a lot of those works sort of have to get touched up on they have to be like kept in certain environments so that they don't you know fall apart or lose their saturation or the tones of the paints don't you know fall off or dry that's what i mean by arch archival so the thing is, when it comes to blood, even if it's just like a mixed into the paint, not painted solely through blood, uh, the blood itself is going to oxidize and eventually rust because, you know, there's a lot of iron inside your blood. And I didn't know this, but apparently, 
when this happens in the case of a painting and stuff like that, the f material, in this case the canvas on a frame, in which the now mixed paint is, is applied to, over time, this rust and this oxidation is going to slowly eat away at the canvas. Not significantly at first, but it's going to slowly erode because, you know, it's essentially just becoming rust at this point. So I found that interesting. I find that, you know, maybe in five years this painting might not even exist if, you know, we are to believe the stories. Uh, just a that small little snippet. I'm sorry that it rambled on for a bit, but uh, I just thought that was interesting and I didn't know where else to put it into this story. So moving on with, you know, the background and the, the, the original story itself. As it goes today, the painting is currently owned by a man by the name of Sean Robinson uh, from uh, Cambria, England. And Robinson himself actually inherited the anguished man from his grandmother before him, who warned him that the painting was cursed. And uh, Robertson is quoted as saying uh, in a story to the Your True Tales, I believe it was a blog or a... like online article based thing he's quoted as saying my grandmother had the painting in her attic for around 25 years she said it was evil she told us that she used to see dark figures of a man around the house and at night she would hear strange noises and crying she told me that the artist committed suicide shortly after finishing it and that he had used his own blood mixed in with the oils so Robinson, despite being told all this, he very quickly was, you know, infatuated and intrigued by the painting itself. Uh, however, he ultimately had to keep the canvas downstairs in his basement due to mainly his wife being discomforted around the, the, the image. And it's sort of a disturbing image. It's a, uh, if no one has ever seen it before, it is a photo with a blue background and uh, an orange figure with, you know, deep black cavitied eyes and just an outstretched mouth and just sort of it's just you know the shoulders up it's a very very simple painting i don't know it's 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 interesting and we'll continue on but i'll talk about my stuff later on so the true story so to speak about the anguished man uh actually did not hit public i guess attention or ears until about 2010 when robinson or i guess sorry the the story began in 2010. We didn't hear about it until a little bit later. Uh, but when, you know, this sort of hit the ground running was in 2010. Uh, and this is when Robinson finally removed the painting from his basement after, you know, all the time that it was set, sitting down there. And uh, he had to do so because it was flooding and he didn't want the painting to get damaged. So ultimately the painting ended up in, being stored in one of the bedrooms in his home. I could not find whether or not it was actually the, you know, main bedroom or their son's bedroom. Uh, I'm assuming it maybe wasn't, but the, all, all most sources can say is that it was stored in a bedroom. And ever since that point, things sort of went off the wall. Everything went crazy, and Robinson and his family began to experience very strange activity pretty much throughout their house. This really began when they began to see a shadowy figure of a man pretty much everywhere inside their home, very similar to how his grandmother saw. And in addition to this, they also heard the sounds of disembodied whispers 
and crying that emanated from the corner of Sean and his wife's bedroom. Further incidences would continue just to happen throughout the weeks and the months and so. There were slight pauses uh, through Robinson's account and, you know, when this would happen, they believed that, you know, whatever was happening would be gone, but it would stir back up. This sparked, you know, several weeks down the line from these initial reports. Seemingly, all were targeting members of the family slightly differently and very individually. So, during the night, Robinson himself, so this is Sean, the the husband, would be awoken only to witness a figure standing at the foot of his bed. And so he would just wake up randomly in the night. I cannot find any reports saying that this was sleep paralysis. Mainly, it just seems that he was stirred and awoken and, you know, when he moved around and woke himself up, he saw this figure it's the middle of the night. I think some accounts say that it was generally around 1 to 3 a.m. So it was standing at the foot of his bed, and Robinson himself claims that the figure looked to be that of a middle-aged man, supposedly. Uh, however, all of his features, especially his face, were obscured. Pretty much a faceless man, which is similar to the Fort Mifflin story. So this was happening to Robinson during the night, randomly to himself, no one else was seeing this. While this was happening, his wife also had her own encounter, not as frequent, but this definitely spooked her. His wife would be awoken one night while she was sleeping alone in their bed, only to notice an absolutely complete, like just completely strange individual lying in the bed next to her. She did, this was not her husband, and very very like very respectively this traumatized her and especially to the fact that once you know she actually freaked out and was able to calm down just even the slightest there was no one in the bed she was there by herself like there's no one in the house there's no one in the bed her son like it wasn't anyone so that you know freaked her out even more however the one thing that really solidified things and really got the Robinsons to take this a bit more seriously uh, in some regards is the fact that the most prevalent incident that took place was not to them but to their son uh, Keenan so their son Keenan fell down the you know the house's flight of stairs one day Uh, he ultimately was not hurt he was not injured more or less everyone was spooked and frightened you know but aside from some bumps and bruises, he was not very seriously hurt. However, the thing that really scared you know Mr. Robinson and Mrs. Robinson was the fact that his son, you know, after the incident, immediately claimed that he felt the presence of someone behind him pushing him forward once he was you know at the top of the stairs. So now things are getting physical. They you know they're getting scared, obviously. This is the turning point in which, you know, Mr. Robinson, Sean, took it upon himself to sort of get the story out there into the public, like, atmosphere. So the following year, and this is what I mentioned earlier, in 2011, Robinson would upload his very first video on these events and all his stories and accounts that were happening to him and his family onto YouTube. And the video was titled, Ghost Activity Caught on Tape, Haunted Painting, The Anguished Man. So, if you want to look it up yourself, you can just type in that title and you'll find it. And the video 
pretty much went viral right off the bat. It, it got around a million views shortly after its its upload, and to this day, you know, I think it still gets a few views here and there. But it blew up, and people are like, "What is going on?" And again, this plays into the idea that I mentioned earlier. This was sort of around the age when, you know, haunted items and stuff like that were really getting popular on sites such as eBay and stuff like that. And YouTube had a few. This is still relatively in the early-ish days of YouTube. You know, I believe it was founded in 2007, I think. So, you know, this was somewhat new and somewhat interesting, and people sort of jumped on the bandwagon and uh, blew this out of proportion in many ways and i'm sure mr robinson was not expecting so the video in question contains the recording of one of the bedrooms within the house and this approximately takes place across an eight hour time period however the video itself is condensed down into a three minute clip so within the footage it is noted that the door or sorry before i say this the anguished man photo is sitting and being filmed so that's being filmed in the room, no one else. Uh, within the footage, it is noted that the door is closing on its own, so the door to the bedroom from the hallway, while the supposedly haunted painting rests pretty much right next to it in the room. In addition to this, a very loud bang can be heard during the video, as well as scraping sounds that can be heard, but there's no distingu- distinguishable source to all these sounds. So since this point and the, you know, subsequent interest and, you know, media attention, I guess, in some regards to the haunted canvas, Robinson continues this, you know, channel, this endeavor to document these things in a more public light. And he continued to upload more videos to his YouTube channel across the, you know, many months. And so there were some slight pauses, I believe the very last upload He doesn't have a lot, but the very last upload was an update pretty much almost two years from today at the time of recording on August 7th of 2017. So if you want to check that out, uh, I believe his channel is just called Sean Robinson. But if you look up the Anguish Man, you could probably find it. So he continued to upload his videos to YouTube and so forth. And a posting continued uh, about the painting itself, you know, talking about the history, talking about the alleged captured paranormal activity throughout his house, along with, you know, more recordings of just the painting and weird things happening around it. This would include, you know, more disembodied voices, distorted sounds, objects moving within the frame of the video, as well as a mysterious ghostly figure that is seen running past the camera. So during this time, you know, While Robinson continues to record the painting as it rests in the bedroom, most often recording very late at night or being in the early mornings, Robinson kept on capturing, you know, banging sounds, weird, like, noises throughout the house that cannot be explained. Uh, The videos also capture small orbs that are moving in and out of the painting itself. And in one video uh, in specific, the canvas does actually fall forwards from the wall that's leaning on when there's no one about. So with, you know, all this attention, all this popularity from the videos, I mean, there's a, like a million people at one point viewing it. And it's the internet, it's YouTube. Obviously, you know, on top of all the people who support this type of stuff, there's going to be your skeptics and those who 
question the authenticity of the video and the story. Uh, so two years after these updates, so around late 2002 or 2012, sorry, early, early 2013, Robinson temporarily moved back into his parents' house. So videos sort of stopped. This is like a, a slightly additional additional uh, experience that is happening alongside all this stuff. He moved back into his parents' house to, you know, help out and stuff. And ultimately, he brought the painting with him because, you know, he's documenting all these things as it's going on. So he stored it in the bedroom once more. And, you know, pretty much right away, the noises began to follow. Sounds were being heard throughout the house. And very similar to what happened to his son, his father also allegedly was pushed down the stairs. However, again, not seriously harmed. So this was all happening while all these videos and stuff were going out. I, I sort of set it out of order in a way, but keep in mind the whole people questioning the authority or the authenticity, I should say, of the, of the video itself. So this can pretty much be perfectly summed up, you know, all this questioning and everything because the video or not the video, the painting, but, you know, subsequently the videos as well, the painting was featured prominently in a 2012 episode of the Discovery Channel show titled Weird or What. So this show was hosted by William Shatner. It went on for, I believe, three seasons or so. And this episode in particular centered on the Anguish Man. So during which one of those skeptics from earlier are brought on, he is an investigator. He, you know, he's into the paranormal and all that stuff. However, he is skeptical on whether or not, you know, all of this stuff involving the painting is legit. So the man in question is Mike Sinclair, and he was interviewed during this episode and claims that Robinson's video is nothing more than a simple hoax. Sinclair is, I believe, I could only, you know, there's a few Sinclairs in the paranormal from what I could find. I believe the man in question is the founder of the Viper Paranormal Crew, but don't quote me on that, okay? Because I couldn't find the episode in question to actually watch it, but I believe this is him. Uh, so Sinclair is questioning things, saying that, you know, Robinson's video and the stories are a hoax. This is nothing more than Robinson compiling this stuff on his own. And Sinclair explains that the movement of the door in the very first video and, you know, other objects moving about, the painting falling on its own, all of that can be pretty easily explained by you know a fishing wire attached to the knob or the back of the canvas and someone out of frame tugging on it and moving it and you know the person that's seen moving through the frame of the video the you know the shadowy ghost in question could also just be someone dressed in black you know all these videos are very quickly sped up you know it condensed over a short period of time and it sort of makes sense but Again, I'll leave my opinions till the very end. So Robinson, in you know relation to this story, this episode, he also was interviewed during the same episode as St. Clair, bringing up his thoughts and you know opinions when it comes to the rumors and the claims that all of this was a hoax. And he is stated he is quoted as stating, "A lot of people are skeptical, and I can understand that because I was a skeptic myself, and in a lot of ways I still am." But the footage is there for you to see. It is not faked. 
There could be a perfectly reasonable explanation, but I haven't found one yet. So, of course, uh, you know, despite him saying this and despite, you know, people trying to keep this in a very serious light, it is the internet. And, you know, with the internet comes a lot of communities that want to blow this into more bizarre uh, ways than it should. And so a creepypasta and urban legend about the anguished man did pop up over on Reddit and uh, creepypasta, the website. And this story, if you see it, is not real. It's very, very, very similar to the actual story that Michael said. Like, the one that he... Uh, or, not sorry, sorry, not Michael. I'm confusing the, the protagonist of both stories. It is very similar to the real story and the real claims that come from Sean. And... Essentially, all this person did was, you know, swap out the name. The man in question is now Michael, who receives the painting and keeps it in his basement until he hangs it up in his bedroom. And pretty much all the stories are the exact same. Like, it's slightly shifted into a more, like, demonic entity in a way. So instead of weird stuff happening and sounds for the most part and objects moving... The big draw for this creepypasta story is the fact that it's more graphic. And Michael, at the very end of the story, you know, wakes up in his bed and his ear is like cut. It's like, oh God. And on the wall are like really creepy writings and all blood. And it's like, get out, like, like all that stuff. It's, it's, it's fake. <laughs> so don't really believe that one if you see it. It's just to keep in question. But that, that sort of blew up. In the same time frame as, you know, St. Clair's hoax reports, people questioning stuff on the internet. It it got notable, so of course people are going to do their own thing with it. It's just the internet. So, what is happening, you know, now with all this stuff that is going on? What is going on with the painting? To this day, Robinson pretty much refuses to destroy the painting. He keeps it in his basement in order, you know, to avoid more people from being hurt, especially his family. He doesn't want them to be harmed. The painting, however, it it sort of, you know, continued on its track of being a very noticeable and notorious paranormal object. So with this, it was also brought along, or I should say because of this, it was brought along to several paranormal events during like its infamacy and this just sort of continue to add stuff so we already mentioned the discovery show weird or what you know the episode that sort of gave it more of what's it called a uh, <laughs> more of like a limelight in the media and mainstream in a way and after that however and all this stuff was blowing up the mysteria paranormal group took the painting uh, along with robinson himself to several notably haunted locations across the UK. Most notably, and this is like the biggest thing that happened for them, was uh, Chillingham Castle in North... <laughs> I'm going to pronounce this wrong. Northumberland. I, ugh, whatever. Uh, <laughs> anyone in the UK can correct me. Uh, anyone else? No. So during this investigation, you know, there was about 20 people or so they performed a seance, which was, you know, great. Uh, bring a real, pa- uh, really haunted painting to a really haunted place and just perform a seance. Whatever. Teach their own. 
in which the painting was, you know, placed in the center. It was accompanying them during the investigation and now, you know, the seance. With this, during the event, uh, so to speak, a very tall, shadowy figure would materialize itself within the center of the seance group. This happened, like everyone witnessed this. And uh, while this was going on, uh, nearby in the same room, a very large, heavy wooden bench began to shake and bang and move about on its own. And eventually it was like fully, just 100% tossed over and like flipped on its side. The group that was there, you know, in attendance, believes that the culprit is that of John Sage. So I'm not going to go into too much history about the castle itself, but... This is a very noticeable and a notorious spirit of the castle. I believe he was an owner at some point, but I think one story also has him being like someone who maintained it. So I, if we do the castle, I will clarify that in a future episode. But for now, essentially what the group believes is that this spirit who, you know, the castle is its home, essentially was extremely angered by the entity that was brought along by the painting. And that entity is still questioned to this day. A lot of people, you know, think that it's just like some demonic thing. Others think that it's its own own thing that was created by the stir and attention of all this, you know, story and craze. And a pretty firm group also believe that the figure and all this stuff that's happening is actually due to the artist himself or herself whoever actually painted it uh and that you know he or she did succeed in living on through their work after they passed and uh so people think that that energy is mixed in and that it exists with and wherever the painting goes the painting itself is later on, uh, was reported to be on sale over on eBay a few years back. Uh, However, Robinson sort of cleared this up and advocated that this was not the case and that rather the painting is, you know, currently locked away in a very secure location and he has no intentions of selling it or allowing it to, you know, harm or haunt other innocent individuals. He, however, (laughs) I can't get a whole lot of details on this, so just this will be brief. Sean, however, is currently planning to bring his story <laughs> to the big screen. And this this part is only one source had this, as he's in works with La Bria Pictures, a studio that wants to acquire the film rights for, quote, The Anguish Man. And I couldn't find anything specific on this or, like, when it's coming out or anything about it. I found a Facebook page for it, but it linked to a short film created by like a really and I don't want to be mean here but a very low budget short film uh, over on another YouTube channel so I don't know what's going on with the film I don't know if it's going to happen some sources say that it's going to be like a Blair Witch-esque style thing others say it's going to be you know like a thing of, of how Sean and his family experienced stuff and how they got the painting it's up in the air I don't know I don't think it's gonna happen but if it does then you heard it here I don't know <laughs> I don't it's it's so many weird snippets that 
don't really lead to anything. Uh, the only thing, again, being a very, very low quality and slightly poor acting um, short film. And that's it. So, real quick break, and I'll be right back, and we'll talk about my own opinions and some of the skeptical side of things. Uh, but until then, I'll be right back. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So, whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So, download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Okie doke. So, the anguish man. Uh, what are my opinions on the matter? Um, I don't know. I. Okay, so I mentioned early on in the very beginning that, you know, these sort of things interest me. They are definitely one of the reasons why I got into the paranormal, aside from, you know, cryptids and stuff like that. And I don't know. I definitely, as of recent months and years, while doing all this research, I have come across a lot of stories that when I first discovered them or when I first heard them when I was younger, I definitely believed. But later on, through more research, I found may be a bit questionable or the authenticity of them is a bit debated uh, whether or not this is true, whether or not, you know, these claims can be you know, clarify it any further, it's debatable. All I can really do is just give my opinion. So, when it comes to the Anguish Man, I would like to believe that it is haunted in some regard. I would not want people to get hurt, but I think it's interesting to see a painting, you know, harbor a spirit or an entity of some sort. But, I don't know, when it comes to this one in particular and the videos in question, again, there aren't that many. And there are some specific events that have a lot of, you know, key witnesses. However, you know, these witnesses are all investigators. They're all in a predetermined location in which they already believe is haunted. It's debatable whether or not things are actually happen the way that they said or if things are happening due to the stir of their excitement and, you know, anxiety on the event. What's going on? Is this real? So... I don't know. I definitely would like it to be real, um, but we'll see. The videos, however, the videos in question, I see, again, I would love for these to be real, but the way it's staged, the way it's set up, the quality of the videos, the way it's edited to make it so much quicker, like, we don't have the raw, so, like, it's just, there's too many things happening especially like on my account being you know a designer and editor and artist i know a bit more about like this like in and out type stuff and to me i would have to see the raw footage i would have to see the full eight hours the full six hour recordings that you know sean recorded i would have to sit through and watch and listen through all of that i don't want to see a sped up version that's condensed into a few minutes I don't want to see a cropped edited video for YouTube. I don't want to see a low quality mid to early, like, you know, 2010 
style video that's just sort of on a time loop. I don't want to see that. I want to see a raw video. I want to see, you know, what was happening the entire time. You know, I don't know what may have happened between when this video was shot and when it was uploaded to YouTube. Again, we already know that he condensed it down into three minutes. But who's to say that the sounds and the noises were not also brought in, you know, post-recording? It's 2011 at this point when he uploaded it, but, you know, video editing was around. Editing was around. And adding in a few sound cues here and there shouldn't be too hard, especially, you know, back then people, you know, people were doing animations, people were doing stuff like that. It is possible to add them in. As for the objects moving, the door closing, and the the canvas itself falling over, I... Again, I would have to be there. I'd have to experience it myself. I'd have to know what was going on. And I would have to have some more solid proof than just a video that we have to go off of this guy's credibility, which before this stuff wasn't in the paranormal field, wasn't doing research aside from this story. And the story is vague-ish in a way to the fact that, you know, the events that happened are a little more detailed but the backstory is very iffy a lot of people don't know again who the artist is that's not a name that is given to us we don't know how or where he acquired you know all this stuff we we don't know where his grandmother acquired the painting prior because he says that he says she had it for 25 years however from all the sources that i could find he doesn't mention where she got it from or she doesn't mention it to him so we only have a date going back 25 years from 2010 and then from 2010 onwards he had it so or 2009 onwards he had it so it's all within his family it's all within his perspective we don't really have too many outside like observers aside from his wife and his young child however they're in the house they're a part of the story his dad who i guess is older at this point so it could you know he could be senile he could be older things happen i mean i fall down the stairs still and i'm you know i'm 22 (laughs) so I, i don't know it's just to me it i need more outside perspective onto it i need more of a third party to look into it I would like to be that third party uh, if, you know, Sean, you're listening to this somehow and, you know, you would like to show me the English man. I don't know if I could get to the UK or not, but I would definitely enjoy that. But as of right now, I'm questioning this. I don't feel too solid. I enjoy the stories. I enjoy, you know, the events that are happening around it. And I like that, you know, it's still sort of active in a way. But when it comes to claiming that it's one of the most haunted objects out there i'm gonna debate that it's not because i don't know and i'm not gonna say a hundred percent that it's not because you know again i don't i haven't been there i haven't experienced it but even just on like a purely objective standpoint here the stories that it's having the, the accounts that it's giving yeah they're extreme in some regards but they're not up there with some of the other allegedly haunted objects in the world like it's interesting it's it's bizarre sure but 
I don't know. I couldn't even find anything mentioning that other people were experiencing stuff due to looking into the Anguish Man. A lot of haunted objects, you know, like Robert the Doll, stuff like that, Annabelle, the painted, the paint, the other haunted painting, the hands resist him. Those objects, if you look into them, people report that they are they have experiences merely just by talking about them, just by looking at them, just by seeing the photo on the internet. But when it comes to the Anguish Man, I don't really find any of those. I, I mean, maybe I'm just looking in the wrong places. Maybe people, you know, are sending Sean messages specifically. But I don't see that same level of reach, that same level of influence, and like that power, or I guess spiritual energy, or whatever you want to call it. I don't see that coming from the Anguish Man, at least from the actual reports. So... In my opinion, I would not rank it up there with the top, you know, haunted objects. It's definitely one of the more interesting ones and definitely has more documentation surrounding it than most. Uh, And we definitely are able to track it a little easier than most. But again, I don't know when it comes to not knowing who made it, not knowing the origins, not knowing how long people have had it, not knowing how old it is. It's just so so many variables that can't be accounted for and some people even claim that sean painted this his himself and i'll admit like the painting is not that extremely detailed it's not that great (laughs) i i don't want to say a painting one of my fine art friends would definitely say that but it's it's a simple painting it's not that hard to do it's very basic shapes the brush strokes and the texture of the oil painting itself is very very rough it's not very uh, smoothed out and detailed and meticulous. It's almost as if people kind of blotched it over. And it, in a way, it reminds me of how people paint with acrylic sometimes. However, you know, they're using oil paints. And I don't know, it's just a lot of, a lot of factors and a lot of variables that I can't account for. And me personally, I don't know. I don't feel solid in saying that this is the most haunted. I don't feel solid in saying that this is what's happening again i'd have to be there i'd like to learn more information though so if anyone has any reports of their own or have experienced anything you know uniquely to them while you know listening to this type of stuff or learning about the anguish man definitely let me know and if you are interested in you know looking into this and researching it on your own you can check out, you know, Anglishman videos on YouTube. Uh, Sean's channel is just Sean Robinson. I don't know if you can find it or not. He has around, you know, 15,000 followers or so. So if that helps, I don't know. Uh, and again, the last video that was uploaded was two years ago. So I don't know a whole lot of what's going on currently. We'll see if anything, you know, pops up. And if there is something significant, I might do an update video. I don't know, maybe it would be something, you know, specific to Patreon, uh, something that I will want to talk about in the future, uh, I will do a little mention of that later on, but, uh, as of recording, we have our very first Patreon subscriber, so thank you, Sergio, for that, um, but, again, I'll save that for later, you know, if anything pops up, I'll designate that to being a more Patreon-specific update, because I, if it's not major it's not worth talking a full episode on 
But I hope you guys did enjoy this full episode on the Anguish Man. I do have some other fun haunted objects that I want to talk about in the future. And if you have any in particular that you want me to discuss, definitely let me know. You can reach out to me, you know, on Twitter, Instagram, my email is just realmofunknown at gmail.com. And then my social media handles are Realm of Unknown. You can, you know, everything's open there, so you can, you know, DM me and stuff pretty freely. If you have anything you want to let me know and or stories that you have personally, I'd love to listen to them. I'd love to look into it. I love just researching stuff. So don't don't be shy. Definitely let me know. And uh, if you are interested and like this type of stuff and like this podcast and want to support it, definitely check us out over on pretty much any podcasting platform. We're on Apple Podcast, Anchor, Google Podcast, Spotify, etc., and if you really, really want to support us, uh, giving a you know review and rating us over on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher would really, really help. Um, I know it seems small, but it's definitely a big thing in you know the podcasting realm. And you know, with me personally, I, I'd really appreciate that. It means a lot to me, and I love reading over the reviews of people. Even if it's not a good review, I don't care if it's a five-star review or not. Give me your honest opinion. Give me your honest review. I get, Critique my work. I'm an artist, so I'm used to it, and I definitely would be interested in hearing more critiques from you guys on how I can improve, what could change, and what you like. So, again, you can reach me at gmail.com, oh, gmail.com, realmofunknown at gmail.com, and realmofunknown on social media. And again, you can check me out on pretty much any platform. So I hope you guys enjoyed this episode, and I cannot wait to see you guys in the next one. So until then, remember to stay spooky.